0: In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. I recall with great clarity that when I began my work as rector in early 2018, at first I had a really hard time staying organized. There were so many people to meet. There were meetings to attend. There was so much to learn, and I felt overwhelmed. And I still remember the day that Bryn Bonn, who, as you may remember, was one of our priests on staff at the time, she walked into my office, and she intuited my plight. Now, Brand is still a very dear friend. She's probably the most organized person I know. And so whenever she saw all the clutter on my desk and the stacks of papers spread out on the floor, she looked and she gave a great wince. And with an odd mixture of genuine compassion and judgment, <laughs> she said, it doesn't have to be this way. I can teach you my system. So I accepted Bryn's offer mainly out of just curiosity, and she immediately assigned me a textbook to read, which some of you may have heard of. It's called Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity by David Allen. And I will say this is a very helpful book, And I've enjoyed it because the goal of getting things done, which I call GDT for short, is to help us be more productive human beings so that we can clarify the outcomes that we deem meaningful in life and then feel more skilled and more empowered to make those outcomes a reality. And it is a wonderful skill to have on this earth, and that is the goal of the process, to get more things done. And to do so with efficiency and with confidence. Now, if you know me well, you'll know that I also love organization. In fact, we had a vestry retreat this past weekend, and this was reflected back to me very clearly in an assessment that I received But if today's gospel tells us anything, it's that GDT as a system or any process where we humans create a world where we get to clarify the outcomes and where we get to control exactly what happens and how it happens and when it happens— Well, if today's parable tells us anything, it's that this doesn't fully align with how the kingdom of God expands on this earth or with how God transforms human hearts. You see, in today's gospel, we have two parables about seeds. And a quick note about parables in scripture, a parable has one primary purpose— and that is to interrupt the way that we think. A parable is not a moral lesson, nor is it even an answer to our spiritual questions. In fact, I'd say the exact opposite is true. A parable doesn't answer our questions. It questions our preconceived answers about conventional religious matters, In other words, the whole point of a parable is to... A, expose the lens we use to try to understand God's ways. And then B, to question that lens. To say, maybe this particular way of looking at God doesn't work very well. And again, if today's parable questions anything... It's the whole idea that we get to clarify the spiritual outcomes, that we get things done, that we are ultimately the ones in charge of changing ourselves and changing this world. I mean, right, just think about the farmer in today's parable, Read the parable closely, and you'll notice that he is horrible at his job. Is he not? He takes a handful of seed, he just throws it on the ground, and then we're told he takes a nap. I mean, here at St. Michael's, we're pretty desperate for volunteers to work in our community garden, but even I would have to turn this guy away if he volunteered, And so in offering this illustration, Jesus is actually making a pretty profound point, namely that the kingdom of God doesn't grow when human beings decide to be more productive and efficient. And why? Because the kingdom of God's growth from beginning to end is an act of grace And it's based on God's timing and God's wisdom. As one commentary I read in preparing for this sermon put it, the parable's point is that intimacy with Christ grows as certainly and as effortlessly as seeds in the ground. Meaning that to have too much anxiety over the outcome of our life or too much anxiety over the outcome of this world as far as the parable is concerned, it'd be like a master gardener pacing frantically over a seed buried in the ground yelling at it to grow faster. And yet we all do this anytime we give in to the power of our inner critic and berate ourselves for making the smallest mistake, when we judge other people because their behavior doesn't align with our wishes or preferences, all of that, from God's perspective, would be like screaming at a seed in the ground to grow faster. But I wonder, what might happen if we dared to trust that the seed of our life and the seed of this world would, by God's grace, mature in God's time and in God's way and in a manner congruent with God's wisdom? Because the point of faith... Is not to transform ourselves. And the point of faith is not even to transform this world. The point of faith is to increase our capacity to trust God with the ultimate outcomes in life that we find meaningful and in trusting to learn how to rest, to relax. And to be more patient. Now, whenever I've taught on this before, inevitably people get very anxious and they ask, Well, does it matter what we do at all? And here's how I think today's parable would answer that question What we do matters tremendously. Of course, what we do matters tremendously. But it's not because we're in control. It's not because God needs our good deeds, but rather because God is so good and so gracious that some of our actions are seeds that God freely chooses to use in whatever great harvest awaits our world. And the whole point of the mustard seed metaphor is The smaller, the better. Mother Teresa once said, You cannot do great things, only small things with great love. And today's gospel is brimming with hope that the smallest seeds of love sown will one day be magnified into a great harvest. And so that's the paradox of this parable. We can sow seeds, but we cannot make them grow. We can come to church. We can receive the sacrament. We can take a few feeble steps to better understand our scriptures. We can throw our heart and soul and faith into our work. We can get to know people who are really different from us and listen to their story. We can pray for someone who's sick. We can give generously of our time and money to support the mission of the church. All of these and so much more are the smallest of seeds. But it's the small seeds that God cherishes and that God uses to spread love in this world. And expand God's kingdom. Because if today's gospel tells us anything, it's that the kingdom of God is a mystery. That we are a mystery. That like a seed buried beneath the earth, that there is something inside of us that is growing. But we don't know how. The whole process is hidden and mysterious, and uncontrollable, and completely incompatible with how getting things done works in our day-to-day lives. In today's reading from 2 Corinthians, Paul puts it like this, So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. And so notice, Paul does not say that we're en route to becoming a new creation, but that right now, in all of our confusion and sin and silliness and fear and inability to get things done from God, that who we are right now is a new creation because the seed of the final harvest has already been planted And is known and being watered by God. And so, if one were to dig up a plant, a mature plant, and look for its seed at the bottom, you could look for all of eternity and you would never find that original seed. The seed from which the plant came has ceased to exist as its original self. It is now a new creation, and from the potential of life contained within that first seed, something new and wonderful has come into being, something infinitely more beautiful and more complex than the tiny seed that was first planted. And the gospel of grace would say that our life and that our world is like that seed that though small and frail and vulnerable, that it will one day become the greatest of all shrubs and put forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. There's an old joke about a Sunday school teacher who asked the little children before sending them into the big church, And why is it necessary to be quiet in church? And one little girl replied, because all the adults are sleeping. (laughs) I love that joke as it relates to this parable, because while God was secretly and mysteriously and quietly getting things done, the farmer in today's parable was sleeping. Not aware, not doing, not acting, not conscious, but he was asleep. And I believe that God wants us to be so confident in God's capacity to get things done that our souls can rest and relax. And I mean this quite literally, get better sleep. Because today's gospel is ultimately about grace. It is about God getting done anything meaningful that ultimately needs to get done in this world. Julian of Norwich once said, All shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall end well. Believing that to be true, especially when so much in our life and our world does not always look well or feel well. I'll be the first to admit that it takes faith, but not a lot of faith, just faith about the size of a mustard seed, a faith that is barely visible, the type of faith that made you get up and come to church this morning or tune in from home. And the goodness of God is to take that faith And to ensure that in the fullness of time that we all become something beautiful and magnificent and large, not the seed we are now, but the beautiful oak that God had in mind when he created each and every one of us. Amen. Amen.